folk, it is Friday, and Fridays are normally associated on Table Talk with Mark with Bible Q&As. We uh, encourage folk that are listening in from the outside (laughs) to to phone in first prize, to uh, send WhatsApps in second prize, to send uh, uh, Facebook comments in uh, third prize uh, and engage with us as we engage in conversation always love interacting with you already this morning I did mention Penny who loves our new set yes we are live streaming uh, with video to Facebook and the new set is a cool blue which normally goes with my shirt except this morning I wore green I should have thought of that I need a color code <laughs> color coordinate um, better I must chat to my wife um, I-, I love the blue behind us it's like such a cool color um, very very fresh set Penny I love the set as well um, but we do have a hazard from uh, Prodib from Glenn who says great conversation and from Jean who says thanks for this important information uh, Jean's from uh, uh, Faith Baptist Church in Vitbank Jean long time listener always good to have you with us thanks for commenting um, folk uh, this morning we are going to do a Q&A and I am encouraging you to phone in write in or comment in uh, and engage with us on the conversation um, but I have two guests with me. If you're watching the live stream, you'll notice that uh, that we have upped the game. We have now two guests in studio live. Uh, I'm going to introduce them in a second. But I want to introduce you the topic of conversation that we're going to be engaged with this morning. We're going to be talking about our union in and with Jesus Christ, our union in and with Jesus Christ. This is such an important topic. Um, I, in fact, even as I, even as I mention it, I, I think of a, a good friend of mine, um, back from Crystal Park Benoni days. Uh, he was an an ex, uh, a retired Baptist pastor. His name was Patrick Payne, and he would always talk about our union in Christ as being the most critical change that has ever occurred, the most miraculous miracle that can happen within the life of a believer it was always so super exciting to hear him talk um i think he might have been influenced in part by billy graham when he spoke about you must be born again and then he would talk about being in christ and the benefits that we have in christ and the 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 realities and the change that this causes Uh, and i remember being captured by his joy of being in christ and by his deep theology of what being in Christ entailed. Now this morning to talk on this topic we have brought in two theologians. Uh, We have Frank and Duan. They join us from a church called Hotkreis Babelkerk. You can hear I'm English, eh? like a soti when I yeah, when I drop Afrikaans. Like I really need it. I really need to practice a little bit more. My, you know, my wife is Afrikaans. You'd think that I would have something of an accent going on, but no, no. I sound terribly English when I say Hootkreis Babelkerk. You might want to restate the name of the church just so that the listening audience isn't giggling too hard in the background. Um, and uh, and maybe introduce yourselves to the to the listeners as well. Frank, I'm going to start with you and then pass the baton over to Dion. Um, Frank, yeah, uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, good morning, Mark. It's uh, great to to be with you guys again. And uh, last time I was in Radio Pulpit, it was in Afrikaans, so I'm going to have the accent problem the other way around. You stood in for Matt, right? Yes, yes stood in for I, Matt a couple of times. I have no doubt that feeling. many of the listeners know Matt, love Matt. He's, uh, he's very popular. Yeah, on Tuesdays. I, I, I enjoy Matt. He's got oh. a crazy sense of humor. Um, but boy, is that man sharp. 
Yeah, so it's great just to be with you guys. Um, I don't think I'll take the title theologian that you described. I guys, would you, walked, take the title you walked in pastor. with multiple <laughs> systematic theologies. Like, like we've got this brand new table. I was, I was wondering if it could bear the weight of like five systematics being like slammed on the table. You must realize I'm like expecting a lot from this conversation this morning. So I'm giving you the title theologian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pastor at Hout Christ Bible Kerk and uh, married to Esther and I've uh, got three children. Um, yeah, 11, uh, Janne, Jack and uh, Terence that we've adopted, uh, our last one. Yeah, and it's uh, just great to, to be with you guys. And Hout Christ is a new uh, church plant um, out of Mitterrand Christen Gemeente. We just started in January this year. Mm, who's um, the pastor there or who was the pastor there at Mitterrand? Uh, Christian Gemeente Matt was a, a long time ago <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. Matt again and eh? then Matt planted a church yeah, to Pretoria East and then yes. I remained behind and then uh, Duan joined yes. joined us yeah you, yeah. you know um, when we talk about uh, the Gemeente in, in Midrand um, so I was an elder at Midrand uh, um, Chapel uh, yeah Midrand Chapel I nearly said Midrand Baptist Church which is actually the name on their constitution Midrand Baptist Church but Midrand Chapel is how everyone knows them and uh, and we called this guy Matt uh, he came back from Master's Seminary as a graduate yeah. and uh, and uh, uh, you know we were wondering like what we're going to do with him and there were a couple of Afrikaans people in the church and like within the space of just a few months boom <laughs> there was this church down the road it was amazing how God worked in and through him and planted that church and then subsequently how many churches have begun to be planted through um, the gemeente that was uh, that was uh, that was gathering? It's, yeah, it's really three, it's, it's exciting, yeah. super 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 exciting what God is doing with the Afrikaans community in Midrand and the south of Johannesburg. I, I don't know, is Centurion its own city, <laughs> or is it uh, or is it part of Pretoria? I mean, Pretoria. south of, of Pretoria. Is yeah. it part of Tswane, which yeah. is the metropole? Yeah. But I guess Centurion would be its own little city on the map. Yeah, big okay. suburb. Yeah, you know, a <laughs> big suburb. There you go. <laughs> well, it's great to have you with us, uh, Frank. And um, I'm going to ask you to introduce the topic of this union with Christ in just a moment. I first want to uh, introduce and uh, let our listeners get to know Duan a bit. Mr. Coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I used to <laughs> used to be Mr. Coffee. <laughs> I uh, and yeah, like Frank, uh, he also studied industrial engineering, um, mm. and uh, but then felt called. Uh, I, I was involved at Midrand Chapel, like yourself, Mark. Yeah, uh, with Chris Woolley, wonderful pastor, a great mentor. Of Love many that, many man. young men uh, so like wise. myself. Um, so yeah, I went up to study at Christ Seminary. Um, same place where Frank also studied. Uh, good sound, a sound foundation that we received there. Um, and uh, I've been in ministry uh, with Frank now for a year and a half, um, and with him at Houtkreis uh, Babelkerk. Um, yeah, exciting to see what the Lord is doing, and uh, we're hoping and praying that we would be a true light in the Centurion among the Afrikaans-speaking uh, people. Um, so yeah, that's me. I've got a lovely wife, Helena, and we've got uh, four kids. Um, thoroughly enjoy them. My oldest is eight and the youngest is one. So we are pretty a busy household, <laughs> but it's great. 
Well, Duan, um, yeah, lovely to have you with us as well. Uh, both of you guys graduates from Christ Seminary. Uh, just in terms of it, uh, Christ Seminary up in Pulakwane, um, uh, lots of connections even into the church that I serve. A number of the elders are Christ Seminary grads. I think of Quinton, I think of Patrick. Um, God has really blessed um, the church in Gauteng. Uh, with theological profundity um, that has come out of Polakwane. I love the work that the guys are doing up there. I've been meeting with uh, Dave uh, a, a bit of uh, over the last while and enjoying uh, just the the work um, um, up there with uh, Christ Baptist Church. So let's get to the topic. When we say union with Christ, union with Christ, what do we mean by that? What, why, what, why, what does that mean and why is that important? Why is this something that the listeners' ears should prick up? Um, I know pastors' ears prick up when they hear the topic union with Christ. Roland Eskenazi, um, who's listening in from Belgium, uh, just commented, great to hear this topic. It is great to hear this topic, but what is this topic? What, what should people start to think about when they hear uh, this idea of union with Christ? Yeah, Mark, let's just, I think, Touch on the importance of this this topic, sure. um, and then uh, and then we can define it a little bit more as well. Okay. Um, but um, A. W. Pink uh, wrote, he said, the subject of spiritual union is the most important, the most profound, and yet the most blessed of any that is set forth in the sacred scriptures. And yet, he says, sad to say, there is hardly any which is now more generally neglected. And I don't think the the general public, the general person sitting in a church really realize how important this specific truth is. And part of why it is so important is, Mark, is because it is so pervasive. It is just, it's connected to everything relating to our salvation. Um, There's another theologian that said the concept of union with Christ is as pervasive as it is precious. And it is, it's really, like you said, that friend of yours, it's mm. this precious truth. If you really get hold of this concept and you understand what's entailed in it, it's just, it's beautiful. Well, uh, well, you, you just quoted A.W. Pink. Uh, he wrote an article, uh, The Spiritual Union and Communion. Uh, it's available from a website, monogism.com. And I know, even as you were quoting it, that that was a quote I've heard before. I dropped it into the into the comments on Facebook. It's a quote I've heard before um, from Patrick. This idea of the preciousness of the subject and the pervasiveness yeah. of the subject. Yeah, yeah. and uh, part of it is it's our union with Christ is the it's the matrix out of which all other doctrines of salvation, soteriological doctrines. Flow. Ah, give us a give us a, an explanation of what soteriological means, just because because like not everyone is going to understand that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so soterios is uh, the word for salvation, saved to be saved. Yes. Um, so it's the study of salvation, basically. Okay. And that's what yes. we're talking about. So it's connected to everything regarding or within the study of salvation, mm. our union with Christ. Yes. If you if you take that out, there's like there's nothing, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. It, it is the core. It yeah. is the it is the center. And it's also the thing that that connects all of it. If you uh, if you take the the union of Christ out, um, it, all the rest become disconnected, disjointed, and you could fall into some serious errors. Um, yes. 
uh, you could fall into just one 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 Works way of based salvation. Uh, you yeah. take away you take away Jesus did it all, yes. and what you've left with is I need to do it all. Yes. For example, yes, or the and opposite, I'm united to him. or yeah. even the opposite, yes. where you where you focus so on just justification, yes, and that we've been and so when you're thinking about how should we live, yes, the only thing you think about is I, I'm justified and I'm okay, yes, and so you stop thinking about. Well, I'm actually... I've been saved from the wrath to come. I've got pie in the sky when I die, but I don't have to worry about the steak on the plate while I wait. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no worries now. And it, it, it's also this, this sort of thinking that um, I don't need biblical instruction because, yeah, I'm justified. Christ did it all for me. Yes. But you're forgetting a, a very critical truth within the union of Christ. Um, and that is that Christ is in us as well. Mm, mm. And that means that he is the one that if he is in you, then you have to live differently. It, it's the, so this is what you, helps you also to, um, to be able to grow spiritually. Yeah. To have um, not just justification, but to have sanctification, yes. to progressively grow is connected with your union. If you disconnect those two, and and it's it's the union of Christ that really connects those two yes. for us. Then you've got a problem. So it's so important. This um, it's the central. John Murray said it's the central truth of the whole doctrine of salvation. It's the central. It's the heart. So if you rip this thing out, you've got nothing left. Yeah, I mean, it is the heart. I, I I even think of you know the words of Paul and just how frequently he speaks about being in Christ. In Christ. It's a it's a repeated phrase the whole way through yeah. the New Testament over and over again. It is pervasive. So that's back to that eight hundred and two times. Hundred and two times. In Christ or in him. Yes. Yeah, and some of them is you know, we believe in him. Yes. We believe sure. in Christ. But a lot of them has got to do with that union with Christ yeah. concept and idea. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Excellent. And then you've got verses as well, like Ephesians 1, verse 3, that it, it just makes this staggering statement. It says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But where do we get it? Mm. In Christ. <laughs> yeah. Every spiritual blessing connected with our union with Christ and that's why it is it's just it's everywhere it's so important when you see this and you understand this it's just beautiful you know I I was actually talking to our um, Bible study on a Wednesday night um, about prepositional phrases this this last Wednesday in is a it's a preposition yeah. right it, mm -hmm. it, it it indicates position it's a preposition of of position like under you know mm -hmm. under the table um uh, it, it 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 tells you where something is um when you look at at Ephesians chapter one I just turned there myself mm -hmm. um it's just littered with this preposition um and littered mm -hmm. is probably the wrong uh, <laughs> the wrong phrase to use but but it starts off in verse one and uh, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus um I, I then just picked up the in hymns uh, you know verse four uh, chose us in him verse seven in him we have redemption verse 10 uh, unite all things in him verse 11 in him we have obtained an inheritance in him you also when you heard of the truth the gospel of salvation and believed in him just this over and over again union with Christ it is it is pervasive yeah. in Ephesians chapter 1 but it is immensely precious because the truth is if we weren't in Christ, we would have none of these spiritual blessings that have been spoken about here.
Hey Duan, mm. can I pass the ball over to you? Anything to add? Just as yeah, we think, as we have uh, this opening conversation, and we'll mm. move it back to Frank. Uh, but just in, in terms of this, this uh, the importance of this topic. Yeah, I think it's vital that we, um, like Frank said, you could focus on something like justification. Um, but if you focus on the union and this pervasiveness that we see, um, we. It's, it brings everything back to the gospel. What is the gospel about? It is being, it is about being in Christ. It is about having a relationship with Christ. Mm. If you are saved, and if saved means just you are justified, uh, you won't go to hell, for instance, um, but you are not in Christ, then what are you? What do you have? Yes. Um, Christianity is not just about not going to hell. Yes. It's about knowing Christ. Eternal That's burn. eternal life, right? <laughs> yeah. John 17. Um, so it's all about being in Him. Yes. Um, and this relationship. Now we can either um, over is um estimate that or overemphasize that um uh, with the idea that you know we are so in Christ that we are God. Yeah, we are in him like we are I divine. You, I don't know if you, you that, watch a guy on Facebook, uh, Rudolf Boschoff. Um, he he's a he's a theologian, and he comments on cults, particularly cults in South Africa. Uh, he's been talking a lot about a a cult that focuses on this idea that we become the divine because of this this union, this proximity to Christ yeah. in Christ. Um, and it does become a little bit batty yeah. <laughs> as you as you watch the ramifications of the teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And scripture is so clear that God is one. God is he God. He is God. There's yeah. no one like him. You know, who and what can is, we what is man that you're mindful him of to? him? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's clearly error. Mm. Then we've gone too far. Yes. Um, the the other problem is if we under um, estimate or undervalue this this doctrine, and um, y- you know we are just uh, I just know the man upstairs. Um, you know I'm all right with the guy up there, and uh, so unity isn't something that really affects my life. Um, it doesn't change me. I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, in prayer, I'm not walking with the Lord. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah, back to I'm safe, so I don't go to hell. Or, mm. um, and so there are two extremes with this doctrine that yes. we have to steer clear from. And ma- um, maybe just for clarity, um, salvation is nothing less than being saved from the wrath of God to come. Sure. But because we are in Christ, because we have this unity with Him, it is so much more. Oh, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden we have. An older brother, we have a father who is in heaven, we have access to the very throne of God. The benefits, the spiritual, we are seated in heavenly places. The benefits of being in Christ just roll on and on mm. and on. What a joy uh, to be found in Jesus Christ, our yeah. Savior. But maybe, uh, Mark, I think we still need to define it a little bit more yes, and yes. try and explain this a little bit more. And um, you're doing, if, if you. You know what to just explain to us a bit more. What do we mean by this this doctrine, this idea mm. that us being united with Christ? And, yeah. and and maybe just you're defining it for people like Sandy, who says, "Wow, I love the explanation of the topic." So she's been listening to us up until now. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, so she's quoting a verse there, mm-hmm. um, not just justification only, but a purification, which is an 
excellent summation of this discussion around sanctification. So well done, Sandy. You're definitely listening well. Mm. And then she says so profound. And I mean, we can just add the word profound to that idea of pervasiveness and that idea of preciousness. There is a profoundness about this unity uh, in Christ. A.W. Pink didn't pick that up. But Sandy, um, well done uh, for for dropping the the third P into the conversation. Mm. Do on. Define it for us. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, if you were to ask, who am I? Um, your answer should be, and, and we all need to grow in this area, but our answer should be, I am in Christ. Mm. That is the, the deepest reality of my life. Um, one theologian, Sinclair Ferguson, um, used this analogy <laughs> of, uh, you, you know, if you've like, and this is, you know, maybe a sad example, but say you've lost a husband or a wife uh, or a child or, or a mother and this deep sorrow that that you've experienced, it, it is so um, striking t- uh, to you and so um, it, it influences you so much that it defines you like this is something about me you don't know me unless you know that that i'm someone who lost a wife Mm. this is who i am Mm. so and in that sense this is like who we are we are in christ so it's not just a um a minor thing this yes. this is the greatest reality so paul writes in colossians 3 uh, verse 3 and 4 he says for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god and when christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory so we are connected to christ um but it's it's not just this uh, representational thing it is the deepest reality of who we are um, there's a sense of of dependence uh, that comes along with what it means to be in Christ. I'm depending on Christ. I'm mm-hmm. walking with yeah. Christ. Mm. Um, so Paul writes Galatians two, two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm. So so that is that is who we are now. Mm. Um, and it's a difficult thing to explain. What does it mean, this union of Christ? And Scripture actually uses a few uh, analogies or metaphors to describe uh, for us what, what it means to be in Christ. Like um, there's talk of a, a building in Scripture. You know, often we are, we are um, described as being uh, the household of God. Um, in in Timothy, mm. uh, w- you know, in Ephesians, it's, it speaks that we are a temple, um, w- being joined together, and we're growing uh, in the Lord. It says in in Ephesians two twenty one. So this idea of a building is it also informs us that, that being in Christ doesn't mean um, uh, I'm just a, a solo guy, and it's just me and Jesus. Yes. No, I'm part of a building. I'm yes. a stone. It connects and, you, and, not yeah. just to Jesus, yes. but it unites you to yes. his body. Yeah. No, I mean, okay, now I've gone to the next metaphor. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> but you're yes. right. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 this, this picture of a building means that I'm a brick of bricks. You know, yes. I'm connected to everyone yeah. else. And together, um, this in Christ uh, joins me to this, to this great work which yes. God is doing. Yeah. And then we also have in John 15 the vine 
yes. and the branches. Yes. You know, abiding, and, and we abide yeah. in Christ. Uh, yeah. So that speaks of our sustenance. Yes, drawing. Right? We can't bear fruit. We can't live the Christian life yes. without being in Christ. Yes. And that means getting your food, uh, your, your, your sustenance uh, from Him. There's this uh, organic nature to, to what it means to be in Christ. Um, and then there's also the analogy of a marriage, you know, that, that we are um, we are like the bride of Christ, uh, we are, and he is the, the husband. Yes. So, so that, that brings another uh, perspective to what it means uh, to be in Christ. So um, in a marriage, uh, there's intimacy, mm. uh, there's a relationship, mm. you, you do things together, Proximity. Um, you live yeah. together. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a legal sense as well that you share things uh, together, your property, um, you uh, you're regarded uh, as one. Yes. Um, so yeah. Dri- driving in this morning, I was um, going through a couple of a couple of thoughts in my head. One of them was actually this idea of marriage. Um, being in Christ is like this relationship between this bride and this groom. And I was, I was thinking of Genesis chapter two, um, where a marriage is described and that idea of unity is actually placed before us, that a man should leave his mother and father and be united to his wife and the mm, two should become mm. one flesh and and it's a and it's a unity uh, you spoke of intimacy you spoke of uh, of these things it's a change of it's a complete change of relationship um, yeah. you know in the case of Adam and Eve uh, their children became separate family units and it's been that way ever since that one man and one woman should be united to one another um for life i mean that's the way it was before the fall that's the way that it should be subsequent to the fall to the floor <laughs> to the to the fall um yeah. we know that 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 in a messed up world a marriage doesn't always look like that but that's the picture which god chooses to point us to when yeah. he wants to describe this relationship that we have with jesus yeah. christ it, it is beautiful it's amazing yeah. yeah and if you if you think it's of wonderful a, a marriage it's exclusive right yes yes like, i'm not one with any other woman yes Yes. Apart from my wife. Yeah. She is everything yes. to me. And so, um, it's totally exclusive. We, 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 uh, do not covet other, other things or other gods or the things of this world. We long for Christ, um, to be with him, um, to talk to him. Um, so yeah, then, then of course, and maybe one of the greatest metaphors would be the, the union of a head and a body. Yeah. What would your body be with, <laughs> without a head? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's it's vital. And um, like Frank said in the beginning, without this doctrine, there's nothing. Uh, there's no life. You just you just fall flat. Yes. Um, you know that that also speaks of uh, Christ is our Lord. The head instructs the body. Um, so being in Christ means that we obey Christ. Um, we want to follow him. We obey his, his instructions. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of, of these men- metaphors mm, that we, mm. that we find and we kind of get our heads together and we, we say, wow, this doctrine is, is deep and there's lots to say about it. 
Duan, as you're talking, a uh, long-time listener, Teresa, uh, writes in and uh, he refers to the conversation that we were having a little bit earlier regarding about being in Christ doesn't make us little gods. Uh, I mean, it just it just doesn't. We, we know that. But maybe we need to just explain that and flesh that out a little bit more. Teresa writes in and says that he was actually asked about a man being divine just last night. Uh, please zoom in a little about how being in Christ does not make us like God. Uh, or gods ourselves seeing that we have scriptures that tell us to be like christ being in him being holy as he is holy etc and uh he does want to point out that he did answer the person he gave an apologetic last night but he just wants to compare what was being said mm. uh last night to to what you might uh, add yeah and it's it's part of the answer is what duan started off with with this um the way we could over see or uh, look at this thing and part of it is is that we do not share um, in God's divine essence Mm. Um, so this union is not us becoming part of God's divine essence Mm. but us becoming like Christ and and becoming more uh, like the sun and uh, that's what God is transformed from one degree of glory to to, the next to another that is us growing more into the character of God Mm. Okay, so there's a difference between us being in union with the essence of God and us because we have this union and we've got this enablement, we are able to grow to become more like God in his character. Mm, We become mm. more holy, um, more long-suffering, patient, loving, just, righteous, all those things. Yes. Um, Because we've got this union. But it's not a union with the essence, and that's the, I think that's part of what's going to help somebody to understand this. Yes. Um, yeah. We don't share in the essence of his being. We yes. share in his character, or we grow into that character because of our union. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, the, and the relational aspect of that. You yes. Know, in, in the garden, God was with Adam. Yes. They had this fellowship, yeah. and that was lost you know that mm. was sin so sin mm. is the enemy yes. of of our union with Christ yes um uh, but then that is reclaimed with Christ uh, when we come to faith in him and then that union is is restored and so we can have a relational union again with him but but it's not that we become god's um yeah and we actually haven't defined when our union starts well today. now this is so critically important because friends if you're listening into the radio this morning and you're hearing this topic being in Christ when this union starts is the most critical aspect of our salvation story we are going to be talking about that after the break I, I can see we're coming up for 10 o'clock can you believe we've been on on radio for an hour already and we only have an hour left um, and we have quite a lot of ground to cover um, but I do want to save the answer to that particular topic when when does when does this moment of union with Christ begin? Um, when when does it start? We're going to be talking about that um, after a song break. But maybe to take us up to the break, let's just recap what we've spoken about so far. We've spoken about the fact that being in Christ is a great reality. It changes everything. Duan gave us a number of metaphors that spoke to us. Uh, the, in fact, the most powerful was probably the how life change affects who we actually innately are we even describe life change as we describe ourselves to people around us and because it affects who we are being in christ changes our reality for 
ever um, and this is important. We spoke about the fact that being in Christ is a precious thing. And we also spoke that about that it's pervasive the whole way through Scripture. Um, quoting A.W. Pink there. And Sandy added to our conversation quite well. I, I really appreciated that by saying that this is profound. I mean, this really is profound. That's why we need to talk about it <laughs> and why it's going to take us like uh, two hours to get through. And we're going to be scratching on the surface today. Um, and we have spoken in some detail detail about how being in Christ, how having unity with Christ doesn't actually make us little gods. Um, It moves us towards the character um, of God or gives us, empowers us. I think that was the last word that you used, Frank, and I I really like that word. Enables or empowers us toward the image of Jesus Christ, um, whom we love and whom we've been connected to. When we come back after the break, we're going to be kicking off a conversation um, around when this moment starts, when this union starts, I would like to just encourage you to join the conversation um, as you are listening in. Let me give you the details. The studio number is 012-334-1322 and the WhatsApp line is 082-657-2729. Uh, we take calls, we take messages. Uh, if you head over to Facebook and you go to the Radio Pulpit Radio Console Facebook page, um, all of those details, those two telephone numbers are in the show notes right now. So you might not have had a pen and paper to write all of that stuff down. You can go over to the Radio Pulpit show notes page uh, and you can find out those details. Looking forward to your phone calls, looking forward to your voice notes, looking forward to your WhatsApp notes and your Facebook comments. After the break, I can see a couple already coming in, Penny. Uh, We'll be talking about that uh, when we come back. In the meantime, we will be going to ad breaks and a music break. We're going to be listening to Coffee Snobs singing The Road. Well, friends, it is good to be with you on a Friday on Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. Really enjoy Fridays. I, I enjoy the conversations that I get to have with folk in studio. I enjoy the kinds of questions that listeners ask and the way that they engage and the way that that makes me think and points me to God's word. So I'm very grateful to be with you uh, this Friday, however you are listening in. I know that there will be folk that are busy hanging up washing with the radio in the background. There will be folk that are driving to a business meeting with the radio in the background. There will be people that are sitting typing away at the keyboards with the earphones in their ears right now listening to radio because they want to be built up they want to be edified they want to grow in their knowledge of who jesus is how they are connected to christ um, and the the realities that flow out of that which is actually really in a nutshell what we are talking about uh, this morning i have with me frank and duan they join me from now this is take two of me trying to sound at least a little bit afrikaans when i talk about your church name Hootkreis Kerk. Babel Babel Kerk. Um it's uh it's good to have you guys with us. I, I really um love the both of you, been speaking to you for a number of years and are connected to you in terms of our connection through the body and through various different churches that we've attended over the years. Um it's really good to have you guys with us. And the topic that we're talking about this morning is our union 
in Christ, our union with Jesus Christ. We spoke um, in the first hour about that. In the second hour, we're going to just continue this conversation. Um, if I understand where the conversation might go over the next hour, we're going to ask the question, when does that union actually start? Maybe right up front, Frank, we can start to talk about that. We're going to talk about the kinds of benefits, and they are amazing. They are precious that flow out of our union with Christ and then we are going to be asking the question how can I know that I'm united with Christ friend if you're listening in and you've got a couple of questions around this topic can I encourage you to engage with us uh, like many have done so far this morning uh, Penny I, I see your uh, your your statements uh, on Facebook thank you for continuing the conversation there can I tell you how you can connect with us one of the ways might be to go across to our Facebook page Radio Pulpit Radio Console and in the show notes right now we have various different ways that you can connect with us or you can just drop a comment on the live stream I will see it in the studio I like sit behind the Starship Enterprise here uh, and get to see what everyone is doing um, on various different channels uh, radio pulpit channels um, I would like to encourage you to dial into the studio if you're willing to talk live on air the telephone number is 012 Three three four one three two two. It's always good to chat to you and to hear your com your your question, uh, and that way we can also ask for clarification in terms of the question. Uh, that's always helpful. Love to hear your voice when you send in voice notes. I have no doubt that Google Hannah in Benoni is listening in this morning. Long time listener, uh, normally on the airwaves. Uh, she often sends in a WhatsApp voice note. The number is oh eight two six five seven two seven two nine. Um, and you can also just send in uh, comments or questions directly on WhatsApp as well. Um, we do enjoy engaging with you. As I said, we're gonna we're gonna now ask the question: Well, when does this union actually start? What's the uh, when, when does this begin? The um, the actual outworking of this union, yes. uh, and practically with a person, starts at the point of conversion. Okay. So when somebody well, is well, what does that mean? I yeah, mean, what yeah, does it yeah, mean? Yeah. To, I mean, there, there's people that have been going to church their whole lives, and this idea of conversion is a bit hazy. So, so what happens? When does that happen? Because okay, so at the moment that you are saved, yes, um, and that is the same moment when uh, your and I want to use the Afrikaans now, wiedergeboorte, uh, you are being born <laughs> again. Yes, Hallelujah! Uh, Praise the Lord! You must, you must, you must be born again. Yeah. So at that point in time, you are baptized into Christ by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, um, God, and it's 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 a mystery. This thing stays a mystery. That it, it's called a mystery in the end of Ephesians five, mm -hmm. um, that we've got this relationship with Christ. Mm. Um, but at that point in time, when there is then believing in Jesus Christ, there's faith in Him. Mm. Um, you are baptized and you are placed into Jesus Christ and by maybe, the Spirit. Maybe yeah. just to point out, we're not talking about, I mean, I'm a Baptist, and no. whilst you guys are Bible church, uh, you guys are Baptistic, yeah. um, but we're not talking about water baptism no. here. When we talk about being baptized by the Holy Spirit, we're talking about immersion. We're talking immersed into the Holy Spirit, co covered by the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, baptism by the Holy Spirit is a spiritual action which takes place at the point of salvation. Yeah, so from that point onwards, then we've got this vital, permanent union with Christ going onwards. 
Um, you, you you say permanent. Um, uh, what what do you mean by that, and why is that important to note? Well, part of our our illustrations mm. made it clear that this needs to be permanent. Yes, uh, your body and your head is sort of you know connected <laughs> always. Chop off the body, <laughs> you're dead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be. We we are always uh, part of this the temple of Christ. Yes, um, and. A man and a and a woman. The, the marriage is supposed to be a permanent union. What God has joined together, yeah. let not man exactly. tear so, asunder. And that's the pictures that you. So this is a permanent union that's it's going to continue on. Yeah. Um, and even in there's some and, and I'm you know we don't know all of this, but even in heaven one day, we still have this 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 union with Christ. There's still this uh, connection with Him. Yeah. Um, it's just where that is expressed, I think, practically a bit more in us than, than it is currently at this mm. point in time. But yeah, so it's permanent. It's ongoing. But it starts at that point of conversion, of salvation, of believing in Christ. So yeah. would you say, Frank, this, the, this is the before other um, parts of our salvation, other aspects of our salvation, like uh, before we adopted or before... Uh, yeah, before might be the, the not the correct term to use. Um, we could say logically, mm. um, adoption <laughs> flows out of our union with Christ, but it happens at the same point in time. Yeah, just like your justification also flows logically out of your union union with Christ. You are now in Christ. You are now clothed with His righteousness. But if we speak about Time-wise, it's it's the same point in time, but logically, the one uh, c- comes before the other. Yeah. One flows out of justification, flows out of our union with Christ. Adoption flows out of our union with Christ. Our positional sanctification, our being set apart for God, flows out of our union with Christ. And yeah. then also, progressive sanctification is just an ongoing reality, but that also flows out of that that union with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to say that because when we start talking about when does this happen in mm. the in the process of salvation, that process is uh, immediate. Um and yes. those things all, all come to us at the same time. Chronologically it's not a time difference. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, it's more of a logical um and, and, and maybe just chronology. Pull out some aspects of this process of salvation which aren't chrono- which are chronological. We talk about yeah. God's foreknowledge of us, God's yes. predestination of us, God's election of us mm-hmm. is before the foundation of yeah. of the world. But our regeneration, um, the gospel message that we heard. Uh, the faith that is given to us, our actual conversion from light into dark, um, th- these happen in a moment. They, these happen instantaneously. There's a logical order in terms of how they happen, um, yeah. but it is an instant moment in time. Mm. Yeah. And that's mm. then followed by our perseverance and yeah. by our sanctification, right? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And which eventually is followed by our glorification. Uh, yes, when yeah. we are with Christ for all eternity. And that is the final outworking of our union with Christ yes. if you don't have union with Christ you do not have glorification you do not have resurrection yes we even that flows out of our union with Christ so 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 Frank if we had to just go back to the original question that we started at the beginning of the hour when does this happen well it happens at the moment of salvation and um, it happens as we are 
converted. It yeah. happens as faith is granted. It happens as we are regenerated. It, mm-hmm. it happens uh, in that moment we are united with Christ and we are then united with him um, going forward. Yeah. And I think we see that in baptism. Yes. You know, Romans 6. Yes. It talks about our union with Christ in his death. Yes. And our union in his resurrection. Yes. Um, and baptism is that uh, representation, yes. um, you know, of coming to life, coming to faith. Um, and so that's, that's like at the beginning. Yeah. Of our Christian walk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, I mean, Romans chapter six, such an important passage regarding baptism. Um, and, and it's a dry baptism passage. In, in, yeah. in other words, uh, it's using the metaphor yeah. of water baptism, but it's applying it in, in a dry way. It's talking really about our immersion, um, with Christ, our yeah. immersion yeah. by the Spirit. Yeah. Um, but it's a death, it's a burial, and it's a resurrection. Every yeah. single one of these moments are happening yeah. because we are in Christ totally immersed yeah. in him yeah. which which is the basis of the the rest of that chapter in in Romans 6 you know it's just the Romans 6 starts with sanctification that's you know uh, the in the structure of the book of Romans chapter 6 is the start of our walk how do we apply the great truths of of the foregoing chapters um, the previous chapters and and that is through our union Yes. We start with our union. From our union, we consider ourselves dead to sin. Yes. From our union, we consider ourselves alive in Christ. Yes. And therefore, we can overcome sin through understanding our union. Because I'm in Christ, I'm not under sin anymore. Mm, mm, I, I'm, I'm a victor with Christ. I yes. can live in this resurrection power that he gives me to, to overcome these past uh, sin habits that I'm struggling with. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so guys, we we spoke about when this happens, but but in reality, the the preciousness that A. W. Mm. Pink spoke about um uh, really talks to and implies that certain benefits flow out of this being. In Christ, maybe we want to just talk about the benefits that flow out of our union with Christ. Yeah, we could answer it very shortly in saying every benefit, <laughs> every <laughs> like benefit. Ephesians three verse or but, one verse three says. But but, but let's make this real because because I have no doubt. Even right now, there are believers, believers who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior that are listening in to the show this morning. And they are in Christ, but they are also in the midst of a world which is very difficult. Yeah. They are struggling in one yeah. way or another. They might be struggling with consequences of their own sin. They might be struggling with the consequences of someone else's sin. They might be struggling with the realities of living in a fallen world, but they are, they are struggling. Friends, here comes encouragement to you. <laughs> here comes the benefits of your union with Jesus Christ. What are some of the benefits? Yeah, and we could group these benefits uh, into three different categories. We could look at past benefits, we can look at current benefits, and we could look at future benefits. Now, if we look at past benefits, and we just turn back to that Ephesians 1 passage again, um, it says, God has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then it says, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world. So be, because of our union that's going to happen in, in, in time and space, in the future, God chose us 
in Christ. So it's like God before the foundation of the world, when he was thinking about believers and his children, he was thinking about them connected with Christ. That is mysterious. That is mysterious. That's (laughs) definitely, and there's definitely a a form of mystery in this that we cannot fully grasp. Mm. Um, But that's what the, the text tells us. Yes. Before the foundation of the world, he thought about us and he chose us in Christ. And that's, and that's part of why God could really, truly love us mm. and, and want to make us his own because we are connected to Christ. And there's yes. this connection with Jesus Christ and what he did. Um, and then there's also the, just the reality of us becoming spiritually alive yeah, and having spiritual life. In Ephesians 2 verse 5, it says, but God... Um, because we were dead in verse 1, 2, 3. It says yes. we're totally dead and we are uh, children of wrath, even as the rest. And it says, but God, and those are beautiful words in the Bible, those but <laughs> gods, being rich in mercy because of the great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And then he seated us in heavenly places and he continues on in that section. Or Second Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm. He's in Christ, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. So there's this new spiritual life yes. that we get because we have been united with Christ and yeah. we're in Him. Maybe just quick application right now. I, if you're listening into this conversation and you are in darkness, you're walking in darkness, you don't know this Jesus that we're speaking about. You mm. don't you don't know these blessings that we're talking about. Friend, uh, right now to you, just to, to hear these words that you could be united to Christ and the old can be gone. Your, your old life, your old sins, how you were previously characterized, your old reality can be gone and something new can be produced. God can can make something brand new out of you. He can make that which is dead come to life. He can make that which is stone come to living flesh. God can change you. He can do it immediately. The call on your life right now is to turn away from your passion and your love for this world and maybe even for your own self-righteousness or for getting it right yourself and to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. He is enough. He is everything and he can make you new it's 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 a remarkable thing um i do know that we have somebody waiting on the line uh madeleine uh we'll bring her in in just a moment but you just want to finish off uh, uh with one more benefit there frank yeah one more past benefit but it's got current implications for us is yes. justification that yes. we have been declared by god to be right with him praise the lord um, philippians 3 verse 8 and 9 Paul speaks about his own righteousness that he had and and he's just turned away from from it. He says, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. And what is he he thinking about when it says gain Christ? And I was going to explain it and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, that righteousness which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God that depends on faith. Um, Frank, just for your encouragement, Honey, uh, honey, <laughs> honey says, uh, thank you for this discussion about our position in Jesus Christ. Uh, really enjoying it and being blessed. Madeleine, uh, you're on the line right now. So, 
So thankful that you called in. Good morning. I always listen to your program. That's really um, nice to hear. And it's very informative. And therefore, I'm sure you'll be able to explain um, John 6, uh, where Jesus talks of him being the bread of life. Mm. And where he says that you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I, and I, um, you know, I've just discovered this lately. And, uh, if we talk about now talking this morning in union with Christ, um, I think that's, that's a wonderful word, um, for us to, um, understand what you, what Jesus is saying here. That, uh, we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. But, um, I guess this is like, John doesn't, uh, there's no mention of the Last Supper uh, in John. Yes. Can you please explain what, what, how we understand, how we can understand this? Ach, what a, what a beautiful question, Madeleine. Uh, I, uh, did I get your name right? That's right. Okay, yeah. great stuff. What a, what a beautiful question. Thank you so much for calling in. And I'm going to ask Frank if he would answer it on your behalf. So Thank we, you very much. I'll appreciate it. <laughs> God yeah. bless you. Cheers. Thank you very much. It's a great Good. question. It's a great question, Mother Lane. Um, if you look at John 6, there at verse 35, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Um, and whoever believes in me shall never first. So the eating of the bread and the drinking of the blood is a picture for us of coming to Jesus Christ and believing in him. It's a, it's a, it's an illustration to try and, you know, just give us a, a picture of the reality of really trusting in him. It's like when you, I mean, why do you eat? Mm. Sustenance. Sustenance. Stay alive. You, you, yeah. Uh, as humans, we also eat because of enjoyment. Sure. But I mean, basically, we eat because we need to. We need this. Yes. We absolutely need this. This is my life. That's the idea. I need Jesus Christ. I have to come to him. I have to believe in him. This is my life. He is my life. And then Jesus makes those wonderful promises um, that whoever comes to me, um, so in verse 3, he says, 37 he says all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out so the person that comes to him in believing faith will will find eternal life would find that would eternally give sustains you yes. and gives you life yeah I think I think it's fair to say uh, Madeleine just to add on that the context of the chapter is really important to take into account yeah. that Jesus has just fed the 5,000 with loaves and with fish and they are coming to him because they want to make him king they want to they they want another free lunch <laughs> they are concerned about physical things and Jesus lifts their eyes and says listen yeah you don't need full bellies you need something greater there's something spiritual that you need and he points them to himself to Jesus Christ yeah. he, uh, as lord and 
as Savior. It is actually a most remarkable chapter, um, and it is difficult to understand. Um, uh, in fact, many of the disciples um, uh, say that this is a hard saying, and a number of them turn away from him at that point. Um, when he points them away from the physical things that he can do, the miracles that he can do, and he points them to himself and says, you need Jesus. But in actual fact, everyone does need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need him every hour. Um, I need him. I, I, I need him in order even to get through this day. I need Jesus. And, and so does the world. And I'm not just talking about Christians who need Jesus to empower and enable them. But this world needs Jesus Christ to save them from the wrath of God, which is coming to, to fill them. Um, and, uh, and to make them fit for heaven's glories to come. The world needs Jesus. And so just like Jesus pointed to himself in John chapter 6 rather than to the miracles that he was doing, so too in this day and age we really do need to point people to Jesus Christ. You need Jesus. You must be born again. I think um, it's also uh, in the context of this book, Mark, remember that John, uh, the book of jo- or the Gospel of John is about the signs. Um, there are several signs in this book um, that Jesus performs and they are there and meant to uh, bring us to faith yes. uh, they've been uh, given so that we could believe Excellent. Yes. is the purpose of the book so um, it is not you, you know we could we could look at this and say no let's interpret this literally so we have to physically eat Jesus um, but that is to misunderstand the purpose of the book. That is to misunderstand the purpose of the signs that he's doing. They are pointers to, to, for us to come in faith to Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, yes. the some in church history have interpreted this incorrectly and said no. But we have to physically eat Jesus, and and you know, our Catholics they they attend the mass, and that's what they do. They they think they need the mass without the mass without this eating of the body and the the blood uh, there will be no salvation and that is to connect um, you know your physical deeds your your performance to to whether you saved or not yes and that's that's not the purpose Jesus is not saying we have to have to eat his bread we have to attend mass so that we could be saved. No, it's it's back to the sustenance that we spoke of, um, uh, uh, which is later on. John picks it up in chapter fifteen of the vine and the branches again. So that's what it means to abide in Him. Oh. A- again, for the encouragement of those who are listening in, being in Christ, being united to Christ, and I'm I'm pulling it back from John chapter six uh, and putting the 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 conversation back mm-hmm. on unity with mm-hmm. Christ. What are the benefits? Uh, what are the benefits? We've said everything already, but as we're detailing these benefits out, you mentioned past, present, and future benefits. Yeah. Uh, I think we got up to justification. Our justification is based on uh, on being in Christ. But what are the kinds of benefits that flow out of this unity yeah. that we have with Christ? And maybe even because now the, this idea of unity, I just uh, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I see Henry has um, has picked up on the conversation regarding Christ in me. I didn't actually name them Henry, but um, um, but but uh, but you have picked that up. Uh, I'll 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 talk to that shortly. Um, Glenn has a great quote from Martin 
uh, Luther Glinzer uh, involved with Makanyo Theological College. Uh, and uh, this is a Martin Luther, one of the early reformers, um, a quote that comes out of that uh, uh, of that era. But as far as justification is concerned, Christ and I must be so closely attached that he lives in me and I in him. What a marvelous way of speaking. Because he lives in me, whatever grace, righteousness, life, peace, and salvation there is in me, it is all Christ's. Nevertheless, it is mine as well. <laughs> By this, I mean, that is just, that is mysterious. Yeah, mysterious. That, yeah, that, that's profound, actually yeah. Philippians 2, um, 12 language, you know. Um, you work out your mm-hmm. salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling, but guess what? It's God that's in you, um, yeah. working all of these things out. Nevertheless, it is mine as well. By the cementing and attachment that that are through faith by which we become as one body in the spirit. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that addition to the conversation, Glenn. Really appreciate it. Yeah, part of the other benefits is redemption, that we have been redeemed. Um, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So uh, we don't stand under God's judgment anymore and we have been saved from, redeemed from our slavery to sin because of our union with Christ. And then obviously if we go to current blessings, we've yes. been speaking about enablement, empowerment, uh, and therefore sanctification. So our ability to live for God, to obey Him, um, comes from and flows out of our union with Christ. In, in Galatians 2 uh, this 20 that uh, Duan already quoted earlier, it says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. So we've got this union, and therefore we can now live this life of faith, and we can obey God. Um, and then an uh, interesting passage, First Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus. And then listen what it, how he describes Jesus here. He says, Who become to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Mm. And this might be that idea of a positional sanctification of God setting us apart for himself to be yes. his children um, and to serve and live for him. But um, definitely our working out of that salvation. That would make sense because it's nestled in between yeah, redemption and righteousness. And righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our ability to then live out that sanctification, mm. um, that positional sanctification progressively is because we've got Jesus through the Holy Spirit living in us yeah and enabling us and it's it's again it's divine it's and then the branches are connected and therefore there's fruit the vine and the branches are connected and therefore there's there's fruit i i think of the words of jesus christ he said you know how do you know a tree well you know it by its fruit good trees produce good fruit fruit. and bad trees produce guess what (laughs) no surprises bad fruit that's just the way these things shake out um uh, when we talk about being in christ you've now brought up this this topic uh more than once you did it in the first hour as well uh, of of fruitfulness of, of lives which which then result in some kind of god glorifying change like uh, christianity looks like something faith looks like something it, it, it it's a verb that 
that is implied to uh, that is without works we are saved by faith and not by works but it's not a faith that lives alone it's a faith which is accompanied by works um uh, you know that luther again spoke about that that it, that whilst we are saved by faith it's not faith that stays alone very long um we expect good works to follow and our union with christ um we have been positionally sanctified we then expect this process to begin of progressive sanctification but even that progressive sanctification it flows out of our union with Christ um the enablement mm. <laughs> that that you spoke of earlier i know that we have a voice note from henny that we're going to be listening into in a in a minute but maybe just to um uh, frank just to, in, in terms of this how does our unity with Christ enable us to live these God-glorifying lives? Yeah, it is the, 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 the power, the energy um, to be able to do it. It's, it's like that if, if the, the vine is pushing out the sap into the branch, Yes. What's going to happen? You know, it's going to it's like going to grow, it's going to bud, it's going to it's going to you know, it, there's going to be this organic um just normal way of functioning. It's supposed to I really like supposed that, to come Frank. out of it. Yes, yes. Um, and and that's part of I mean, here's another way of thinking of it. Um can you make a, a you know, milli uh, a maize seed grow? Can I make a maize seed grow? Yes. No, no, no. I mean, you need the sun and the rain and the soil, and it's not my. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't make anything grow. Frank. Yes, you can't make it <laughs> germinate, and yet yeah. you can make it germinate. Yeah. If you actually put it in the ground and you water it, yes, and the sun falls on it, it's going to germinate. Yes. Uh, and that's the same sort of idea. It's it's God. It's going to germinate. It's are you good calling? Seed. Are you calling me a milli? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's going to germinate because yeah. it's good seed. The seed, like 1 John says, the seed of God is in us. Therefore, we will have fruit. We will grow. Um, let me get that yeah. passage. 1 John 3 verse, verse 9 says, um, it's actually verse 6. So no one who bides in him keeps on sinning. And no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or know him. And then verse 9 says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him. Yeah, Jesus is in you, so it's good seed. But in sanctification, we then need to go and actually plant that seed. No, and we need to water that seed. There's the working there's, out there's of. There's lots of seed talk going on, and immediately my mind goes to these realities of um, of uh, one Corinthians chapter fifteen, where we are where we are raised imperishable and also this idea yes. of 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 falling in this and, and Glenn makes the connection as well uh, in terms of benefits which flow uh, from Christ yeah. just just further benefits yeah. but but you've now kind of shifted gears and brought us into a conversation regarding tests how can we know that we are in Christ yeah. and, and maybe that's where we need to take the conversation going forward in the meantime I do want us to listen to a voice note that has come in from Henny Hi Mark uh, hello Frank and hello Duan uh, good program this morning I appreciate your discussion very much um, I would just like to give a contribution here uh, as you guys were talking um, I'm thinking uh, as you were mentioning John chapter 6 where Jesus is offering himself as the bread of life um, just bringing into the discussion the authority and responsibility there um, Jesus has the the authority to offer himself as the savior of the world and that might seem 
you know, very arrogant, you know, who can, what man can presume to be the savior of the world. And so he's claiming a lot of authority for himself, but he can claim that authority because he's going to take the responsibility of bearing the sins of his people. Mm. And so um, as he takes that responsibility and as he then died and was raised, uh, that's precisely why God glorifies him and affirms his authority. Um, that's where we have it at the end of the of the gospel. So Christ is truly the the only one who may offer himself to the church as as husband then. Uh, because he has this this authority um, uh, for taking all the the responsibility, I just thought that would be helpful to add to um, our union with Christ. It's like the like like the picture of marriage. The husband has the authority um, in in the marriage because he's taking the responsibility to be the husband, and so Christ has taken the responsibility to be the husband for the church, and therefore he has all the authority. I think there that uh, that uh, image there just helps us to to understand the nature of our Lord. Thanks again for the discussion, guys. I appreciate it very much. Uh, may the Lord bless you, um, bless you all and keep you. Thanks. Um, this is from Henny van Niekerk from Emmaus Baptist Church. Yeah, that is a, it's a really interesting you know, point that uh, Henny is making there. And just uh, we need to remember this union with Christ. You know, who bought this for us? Who, who paid this? You know, who took the responsibility like any was was saying and it's it's because of Jesus Christ his life and his death and his uh, resurrection and, and everything that he has done he's given this to us we yes. would not have this because if Jesus Jesus didn't do this for us mm. yeah just um, something I want to add there you know he spoke about the authority and, and he came back to this illustration of a head and uh, uh, you know the husband being the head and brings us also to this the analogy of the head and the body and this the head is the the one with the authority mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the, we can apply that in our Christian life like w on the one side you've got the vine and the branches you you you, you have this uh, organic nature but w what what do you do if you don't feel like you are um that Christ is in you. You don't feel this this uh, enablement. You don't feel this energy, uh, uh, ability to obey. Yes. And I think that's where where it comes back to the head, um, that we need to appropriate what God has done for us in Christ. Um, he is the head, which is not just the one we we need to listen to, but He is the one with the authority and the representation mm. of us. Mm. So, you know, if you look at uh, Romans 6, uh, he represents us um, in his death, in his resurrection. Mm -hmm. So when we're struggling with sin and we just doesn't, we don't, just doesn't feel like we're gaining victory, yes. and am I now abiding, am I in Christ, or what is going on? No, but put your faith in Christ, in his representative work as your new head. Yeah. You're either in Adam and he's your head and yes. you're part of this world and all of that, or you're in Christ and then you appropriate his work on your behalf. Um, and, and that's how we grow. Yes. So by faith, we appropriate, we see ourselves in light of the cross and, and we look to Christ and his complete work on the cross. And through that, we, we can have victory over sin. Victory, I mean, like, now we come to the rub, right? So, so the, there are two in, 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 
in my mind two critical areas that make this an important conversation I mean there's so many ways that this is an important conversation to have like slivers of doctrine and theology that we can talk about but but really in terms of like stuff meaty conversations that every Christian can appropriate right now there, there are two immediate applications to this conversation on unity with Christ the first immediate application is if you are not united with Christ you need to be united with Christ if he is not your head you are dead you need Jesus and the way to come to Jesus is to cast yourself upon him to let go of whatever good works you might have been trying to do or whatever whatever sins you loved so passionately to let go of those things and to come to Jesus Christ um you you are uh, you need to be part of you need to be part of the bride with him as the groom you you need to be um a, a brick in a building you know with him as the cathedral <laughs> you you need jesus that's one way to apply this conversation of being in christ the other way to apply this conversation of being in christ is is just very practically for christians christians that are fighting with sin and even fighting right now friend the fact that you are in christ allows you to fight sin in, in ways that you could never have done if you weren't in Christ precisely because you are in Christ because he is your authority because he is your representation because he is in you and you get to be immersed by him you can you can fight the current temptations which are in your life right now in ways that you could never have done if you weren't a believer and so fight that's the application so fight so put on Christ um so 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 in enjoy the 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 freedom that comes from being immersed in him and turning away from the sins and from the shackles of this world and live in the freedom that you have in Christ it, it is for freedom that you have been made free. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so enjoy it. Yeah. yeah and that Romans 6 um, sums it up beautifully. Yes. Verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Yes. And then it says, because this is true and you have to think and count it as true. Then it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Yes. You can actually now say no. I'm not going to obey your passion. And, and I mean, Paul introduced that whole topic, uh, if I remember it correctly, at the beginning of chapter 6, by asking the question, hey, listen, yeah, if we're saved, does that mean that we can just sin and let sin abound? And the answer is no, you can't. You're in Christ. You've been exactly. saved for something yeah. more glorious, more yeah. beautiful than you currently yeah. experience. Exactly. And so turn away from sin. You're dead to it. And live out this life in in Christ. Um I, I think uh, uh, yeah number number of um, number of uh, uh, comments uh, coming in from Henry and from Glenn uh, as well as from Jennifer thank you so much uh, guys for engaging and interacting uh, on the topic um, uh, maybe just to because I mean we've got about 15 minutes left um, there are many people that are in churches all over our world all over South Africa all over Pretoria they're, they're in churches but they're not necessarily in Christ does the Bible give us any kind of mm. indicators any kind of ideas any kind of tests that we mm. can apply that can help us to know if we are truly in him or not yeah I think and we've touched on this already right yes um, just explaining the, the, the victory we can have over sin because of our union 
So if you look at your life, and we're not talking about a snapshot moment, because yes. all of us do sin, you know, if yes. we say we, we don't sin, we, we lie. Um, but if you look at your life, life as a, a pattern, and you see that you are um, habitually sinning, you are held captive by sin, then that means that you are not in Christ. Um, so John, one John, and I mean the whole book of one John is basically giving us tests mm. for to know: Are we in Christ or not? Am I saved or not? And because there's this large portion of the congregation, it seems, uh, in the church that John is writing to, that have left, and now they're wondering: Am I actually saved? Or yes. these guys are saying they actually saved. Who's saved now? And that's such a contemporary reality in the world around us, as we see um, those who formerly professed Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior seem to be deconstructing their faith left, right, and center all over the yeah. place. And people, even high-profile Christians, songwriters, book writers, um, leaving the faith. Um, it, it's the kind of question that we really do need to be asking ourselves. You know, if, if that guy leaves, well, what about me? Yeah. Um, and Paul, in light of sin, also encourages us to examine ourselves to see if the truth is in us. So, yeah. so what are some of the ways that we might examine ourselves doing? Yeah, so that the one would be to look at, you know, or am I captive to sin? Am I hold, uh, held by it? You know, does does it define me, describe my lifestyle? Mm. Um, and that goes along with obedience, you know, in 1 John 2 verse 6 he says, But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know who are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Mm. So there's that obedience. Um, it also comes down to what we believe about the gospel. Yes. Um, and, and, and we have to continue and persevere in believing that, yes. of course. But uh, 1 John 4, 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, and understanding that he is the Son of God, believing, putting your faith in him, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love of, that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we have to understand the gospel and believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, I, I just uh, Maybe just to, to point out, because it's come up a couple of times, we, we spoke about that passage in Philippians chapter 2 where we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling and then we mm -hmm. find out just the next verse that it's mm -hmm. God that is doing this and um, we, we see this reality all all over the place and um, you, you spoke about we need to continue we need to persevere um, often because I've been quite influenced over the years by R.C. Sproul he talks about the preservation of the saints mm -hmm. in other words God's role in in preserving us all the way to the end, um, but perseverance of the saints is a is a valid doctrine which flows out of Scripture and one by which we ought to test ourselves. Um, last night or the night before, I was studying um, in the book of Colossians, chapter one, and I was looking at verse twenty three in particular, which says, "If indeed you continue in the faith, stable yeah. and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard." This idea of continuing in the faith—it's it, a biblical idea we are ourselves um to persevere um now in reality we are preserved by god praise the lord because who would persevere if it wasn't for him mm. um but mm. the call on us in terms of examining is am i 
persevering am i persevering because if i'm not well then there's every reason to wonder if god is preserving me if 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 i'm actually in christ in the first place um examine yourself uh, to see if the truth is in you yeah i think that's so vital and it's heartbreaking when we look up to leaders Mm. and we we've followed them we've benefited from them um we've listened to their sermons and then they forsake the faith so what do you do and and you start wondering um, but I think there's in Paul's letter to Timothy in the first chapter, yeah. he, he writes to Timothy and the context is false teachings. Uh, some of the guys have left the faith. Um, they've, they've had to, um, church discipline somebody, put them out of the church. And, and all these questions arise. And he says to him, uh, 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Mm-hmm. So the, there's this a pure heart, love, a good conscience, a sincere faith. And then he says in verse 6, certain persons by swerving from these, so, so they've left, uh, they don't have pure hearts, they don't have a good conscience, they don't have a sincere faith. By swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying. So, and it continues on, but the, the, the fact is that people leave the faith. Where does that start? That starts with, do I have a, a sincere faith to start off with? Yes. Do I have a real love for God and for the people? And can I keep my conscience clean? Conscience. Yeah. So if your conscience is bothering you, make right, end that sin, stop doing that thing. Uh, don't live uh, for prolonged periods of time with a conscience that is bothering you. Yes. That, yes. That's where, where we have to check ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just a last benefit, maybe, um, if we look towards the future, is uh, that we get resurrection. Yes. And even our glorification yes. is connected and flows out of our union with Christ. So because Christ was raised, um, he is the first fruits. And therefore, we can know that we would one day, we will one day be raised. So, um, I mean, maybe just to say, uh, as we consider these tests, friends, eternity is at stake. Uh, yeah. the, the, the stakes couldn't be higher. This is worth thinking through. This is worth considering. This is worth um uh, uh, uh looking at your life and examining or am i am i in the faith am i yeah. obedient to christ do i hear his voice and do i follow it yeah. um is my life producing the kinds of fruit that we're talking about uh, another test that john gives us is uh is our love for other believers yes if we are in christ united with him we are automatically united with the rest of his body Right? How how can we be in Christ but hate Christians? Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, and not want to be with Christians. Yes. So you know, he he writes in one John three fourteen. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So and and I think this is a uh, our, uh, you know it's, it's something we need to challenge ourselves in our day and age with something like. Uh, a radio um, broadcasting we can have interaction on Facebook um, we could almost have a Zoom church and not really interact with other believers 
um on the far extreme you could say i'm a believer i'm in christ but i don't ach, church is not for me yeah uh, th- uh, John would disagree with you. <laughs> so would Paul. Encourage them to, yeah. you know, to meet together, yeah. to synagogue together. So yeah, yeah we need a we need a uh, uh, what's the word? Um, in- encourage and, and one actually, another. And, and actually, um, and actually, let me another. just let me just play it straight, guys. We live in a post-COVID world. There was a time, maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, when we didn't understand how this virus is working and folk uh, stayed back from church. They stayed back from meeting because they were concerned about, you know, comorbidities or Mm -hmm. secondary infections or, Mm -hmm. I I mean, valid reasons why Mm -hmm. people were not necessarily meeting. But I'm really concerned about the number of people um, that, you know, two years after the virus um, has come to an end. Um, as the world has been opening up, as people are returning to Blue Bulls matches and Lions matches and rugby mm-hmm. matches all over the country, as people are going out to restaurants and eating in close proximity with all manner of people, mm-hmm. um, and some of those same people go out on a Friday night and have a great supper, but struggle to come to church on a Sunday because they've got all kinds of excuses. I don't think that your problem is COVID. I, I think that your problem is your love for the brothers. And uh, if I understand John correctly in the passage that you've just quoted, um, your lack of love for your brothers, your lack of desiring to be in close proximity with the people that Jesus loves and gave his life for and has united you to in him, um, that might spell a major reason for you examining yourself. Yeah. I mean, just to make it plain in case anyone wasn't reading between yeah. the lines. Yeah. And, 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 and friend, if you're listening in right now and I've just described you, um, then, then there's, then there's definite applications in terms of, of taking this before the Lord in prayer and asking yeah. him to change your heart and change your affections and change your desires. If you're a believer to repent, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. if you're an unbeliever, you need Jesus. Guys, you know what? Time has kind of crept mm-hmm. away from me. Mm-hmm. Normally, I let the interviewees get to a place where we kind of, the conversation is drawing to an end and then I tail it off all nice and neatly. But I'm looking at the time. It's like nearly time for news. Like, like, it's almost like we went into a time warp over the last two hours and, and, and everything has just gone like so quickly. A number of comments from, uh, from Neil, uh, from Eagles, from Penny that we're not going to have time to get to. Uh, but thank you for interacting with the show this morning. We really do appreciate it. Um, and even as I'm speaking, my laptop has just died, which means, Frank, I get to pass over to you and just say, any final words? You've got like a minute, and then I'll pass over uh, to Duan. You've got a minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, I just think to, to really, um, if you haven't thought about this topic before, to really go into the Word and go and study it. And really like like that friend of yours that you spoke about initially to just enjoy what you have in Christ Jesus it's it's amazing praise the lord yeah. thanks duan and thanks for joining us yeah for for me personally oh, this is sorry thanks frank i looked uh, right in your eyes and said thanks duan thanks frank <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining joining us yeah duan yeah just maybe in in application you know how does our prayer life look like yes if we are in Christ mm-hmm. and, and we've been united, we've got this vital union, relationship, headship, all of these things, do we pray enough? Mm. You know, how, yes. how does that look? How does that play out for us? And I've been challenged, you know, yes. uh, uh, going through this again in, in preparation for this morning. Yes. Um, let us, let us abide in Christ and, mm-hmm. and pray. 
um, and have that relationship that the, the gospel has given us. Yeah. Uh, and not trust in our own strength. Well, guys, again, I love Fridays. I love being with you. Um, I've loved engaging with you, Frank, and with you, Duan. Thank you so much thanks, for yeah, opening God's thanks. Word and have and leading this conversation with us. Um, for those of you who are listening in, love the interactions, Penny, Honey, Henny, um, Glenn, uh, uh, yeah, and, and others, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Each week, um, our prayers do go out to all the elders and deacons, some of which we've heard from uh, today, um, who hold the line in local churches, as well as to our missionaries who serve in foreign fields. And our prayers each week do go out um, to first responders all over our country, to our police and for our defense force and for those who dispense justice, for firefighters, paramedics, nurses and medical personnel, as well as correctional facility officers. Friends, you have been listening to Table Talk with me, your host, Mark. We are going to be going to news shortly. And so until next week, Friday, do walk wisely, do live holy, and do testify zealously. God bless.